Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Atchampong, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. I'm super pumped to get into this one. It's going to be jam-packed with value. As a matter of fact, we got a super special guest. With no further ado, let's jump right into it. Let's give him a drum roll real quick. It's none other than your boy. It's just me. (laughs) Man, it's been a while since I've done a solo podcast. Had some phenomenal guests on the show of the past several months. I was committed to bringing you guys some guests and still am committed to bringing a bunch of other guests in the future. But I wanted to take a break and jump in because I have a lot of stuff that I want to say. Um, and typically on the, the podcast with the guests, it's all about them as it should be. So uh, first, let's do a couple of uh, housekeeping things because I haven't had a chance to catch up with you guys in a while, um, just in terms of what I've been up to, what the company has been up to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, since my last solo cast, uh, is that even a thing? Solo cast? I don't know. Uh, I was featured on Spectrum News locally, uh, doing a piece for Black Tech Charlotte. Um, I was featured on the Scenario Radio Show, which is based out in Tennessee. Uh, I got a chance to kick it with the good folks over at the Get Well Podcast. Uh, launched a media company and a six-episode web series with the wife and I. If you haven't seen that. Check it out. It's on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, the Melanin Million movement hit uh, $2.2 million in black wealth invested. Let's give a golf clap for that. Super, super excited about that. Um, we did a collaboration with the key resource, um, Normalized Black Wealth. So those shirts are currently on melaninmoney.com. Uh, our team is growing at a rapid rate. Quick shout out to Senyo, Noah, Angel, Brady, Phoenicia, Erica, and Kyle. So. Uh, it's not just me. Uh, we are building something great, uh, something that we really hope serves people and shifts the culture. Um, I was named uh, as Charlotte's Black Chamber of Commerce, as one of Charlotte's Black Chamber of Commerce, 30 under 30. Um, just uh, after I turned 31, ironically enough, uh, we have uh, four upcoming speaking engagements, actually three. The other one I just finished yesterday. Um, so a lot of speaking engagements underway. Uh, we have some other projects that we are cooking up that we won't share just yet. Um, And as of this week, I made the decision to officially switch gears um, as it relates to who I serve from a financial planning perspective. And I will be building out my business model to serve influencers and entrepreneurs to help them manage um, their ever-evolving financial situation within their business and all the transitions that they have um, when they're at the start phase, the grow phase, and the scale phase. So really, really excited about what that looks like. So be on the lookout for some changes um, as it relates to that. Also something uh, that I want to do that I have not had an opportunity to do really because I haven't paid attention to it, uh, but we are getting a lot of traction with the podcast. So thank you for those who are tuning in. Thank you for those who are subscribing. Thank you for those who are sharing. And I just wanted to shout out some of the listeners that we have across the globe. Of course, we have the United States. Uh, we got Japan, Canada, France, United Kingdom, Ghana, South Africa, Barbados, Mexico, Belgium, Spain, Hong Kong, Germany, Australia, Malaysia, Taiwan, India, Russia, Honduras, Nigeria, and Saudi Arabia. So we have some listeners from everywhere, and I'm so, so grateful and so, so thankful that you guys take some time uh, to tune in 
to what I'm talking about. I'm figuring out this podcast thing along the way. If you go back and listen to the first episode, you can tell that literally I just, you know, hopped on this thing without knowing what to do. Um, And here we are uh, 18 episodes later and, you know, still going. So thank you guys. You know, actually that sound, that sound effect was uh, something that I found a few minutes ago. So I'm always trying to figure out cool little ways to uh, make the podcast better. All right, so now that we've got the housekeeping stuff out the way, we can actually get to some real live content. So as I mentioned, I recently decided that before this year is out, I'm shifting my business model to primarily serve, focus, and help entrepreneurs and influencers. One thing I always tell my clients is I'm an entrepreneur first, financial advisor second. It doesn't matter how good of an advisor I am, if I don't know how to run a business, I won't be able to stay in business to help them. Um, You know, there's so much valuable information that I've learned over the years about how to start a business, you know, the right way, how to set yourself up, you know, how to avoid certain pitfalls and understanding how to manage personal finances, you know, from the business finances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've learned so much about, you know, creating processes and operating procedures and different things like that that really matter when it comes to, you know, building a business. But since, you know, my focus is financial advising, you know, there's there's so much value in that stuff that, you know, could benefit a lot of people, but I haven't really been able to share it in a, in a more intentional format, right? Sure, I hop on IG stories from time to time, you know, say a few things, but I don't really have a way to integrate it within my service offering. And, you know, while I, I do and can continue to share a lot of this stuff for free, which we'll talk about um, in the podcast going forward, you know, there's a lot of things that require some deep thinking and some ongoing development and support. So I knew I knew that if I really wanted to help people in a meaningful way, not only should I start to share more valuable information for free, but I should also make it an, an, an integral part of my business model. So behind the scenes, you know, currently that's being developed, right? But in the meantime, in advance of that, starting right here on this podcast, I'm about to start giving away all sorts of really valuable free info and resources more than ever before because that is what's going to um, give credence to the fact that people should trust me in this area. All while a lot of it will be free 99. Somebody drop a bomb on that. Y'all, y'all might get tired of this little app I found, but hey, I got to spice it up. I got to have some fun. So... Um, you know, social media and the internet is an interesting place. You know, um, you see a lot of people flexing, right? Let's just call it what it is, you know, doing it for the gram, trying to gain attention for, you know, who they are and what they're doing. And I get it, right? Like if you have a bit legitimate business model and you're trying to, you know, get some awareness for it, I understand that. But we have some people that are just out here, you know, flexing for the gram, you know, just to get some likes. Um, you also have people, you know, showing off, you know, trying to charge, you know, $19.97 for their online course on how to grow their business, but their only business is showing you how to grow yours. Don't know how I feel about that. You know, there's no shortage of business coaches, you know, how to become an influencer masterclass or how to launch your first product. Like they are literally everywhere. Now, you know, let me level set. I'm not saying that I think that I think there's a problem with that. I think it's perfectly okay to become an expert you know, as something, get really, really good at it and charge people for your time, right? And effort and energy that you put into acquiring that knowledge. People shouldn't be able to sit down with you and pick your brain over a $10 sandwich over lunch. So, you know, something that took you years to master. I understand that. However, it does not mean that you can't give away lots of valuable information and products or service for free, right? Because at the end of the day, just because, you know, people didn't put you on doesn't mean that you can't put people on game. 
You know, I, I saw this guy on IG the other day. I can't think of his name right now. Um, I'll be sure to try to leave it in the show notes. But he, he did a post on IG. And he was saying, you know, just because, you know, you hung around stingy people don't mean you got to be stingy. Like, give people the game. Like, the reason why people have haters is because they're flossing and flexing and showing people the fruits of their labor. But they're not showing people how they got those fruits. You know, of course, people are going to hate on you. But if you put people on game and say, hey, look, this is how I got there. And I'm telling you how I got there. They have no reason to hate you. Right. And so I think that's where people, you know, uh, the whole hater concept comes from because you flossing and flexing and not putting nobody on. Now, of course, you'll always still have people that, you know, are going to have an issue with everything you do. But by and large, if you're putting people on game and you're not trying to tax them for no reason, like people are going to support what you're doing. If you think about some of the biggest and best companies in the world, most of them have some sort of free trial or free offer or it's just simply free. And then maybe they have a paid version or options that you can decide to do later. Right. Think about like, you know, Netflix, they have a trial. Hulu, they have a trial. Facebook is just completely free for the most part. You know, Google, Amazon, I could go on forever, right? So if companies who are much better and much bigger are allowing people to try it for free, what makes you think that you don't have to? Like, who do you think you are? Like, what makes you think that you don't deserve to offer some type of free values to the marketplace to make them familiar with who you are before you start charging people? <laughs> like, some of us are really... You know, it's really too big for our britches, right? Entrepreneurship is a is a choice. The market doesn't owe you anything. So the next question is, why do you think that they are willing to allow people to try their product for free? Well, here's my two cents. One, they truly believe that their product or service is valuable enough that if you get the trial, you'll want to keep the access to it once the trial is over and get the full version. Or they know that the product is so good, once you get it, you'll be hooked. Number two, or they know that if they provide you a valuable free service forever, but offer options to do paid things on the platform in the future, like Instagram and Facebook have done with sponsored posts and advertising and things of that nature, people will do it, right? At that point, it just becomes a numbers game. You know, I got 100 million people to download this thing for free. If I can get 10% of them to opt into some of the paid features, I'm good. Or three, speaking of Instagram. You can build a business that's completely free to the end user that gets as many users as possible, um, which becomes valuable to corporations who can then quantify how they will monetize in the future. And then you can sell your company for hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, like Instagram did in less than two years. And they sold to none other than Facebook. <laughs> Before Instagram sold, if I'm not mistaken, they hadn't monetized a single user at the time. And, you know, they weren't even leveraging the advertising at that point. I don't think they had business pages, the swipe up feature or nothing. It was just a glorified picture app. But they knew if they could get enough users, they would eventually be able to name their price and or leverage the platform to businesses who want to advertise, which is exactly what Facebook did. When trying to build a Silicon Valley type business, you grow in one of two ways. One, you grow through revenue slash distribution or you grow through market share. Allow me to explain. When you grow through revenue, you're limited because the average customer may not be able to afford it, but everyone can afford free. So raising capital is easy because it gives you the ability to focus on building a quality product without relying on revenue from your users. To win big this way, you have to have quality and speed. With money, you can hire the best coders, developers, designers, and engineers, etc., to help you build the best things fast. But then you lose some control over the direction of your business. I once heard it put like this. 
Venture capitalists are like hitchhikers with a credit card. As long as you're willing to take them where they want to go, they will happily help you pay for the gas. But if you don't, they will hijack the car and throw you out of it and find a new driver. So you gotta be very careful when you start building a business of that magnitude that requires investors. Or four, and last but not least, the one that I want you to pay close attention to because this is the big one that most people can actually do relatively immediately. Because the ones I mentioned before are very capital intensive. So you're gonna need a lot of money and or a lot of investors to build the platform, especially one that you're able to build without monetizing users for an extended period of time. So here's what you can do, right? Right here, right now, today. If you create something that's good enough and you get enough people to show up and care about what you're doing, other people, i.e. corporations, brands, companies, etc., will pay for access to your audience by way of advertising to people you've built trust with who show up consistently to your platform. So now, instead of getting money from individual customers and consumers, you're getting money from brands and businesses who want to use the trust that you've built online with your audience to market to your people, right? The trust of one leads to the acceptance of many. Now, how is that different than what I just said? The difference is you're not building an app, right? You're not building this big business that requires a lot of capital. You're building up you. You're building up your brand. You're becoming the person that everybody goes to. Word of mouth on steroids, right? That's what social media is. If you take nothing else away from this podcast today, please remember this. Who you serve does not have to be who pays you. Again, who you serve does not have to be who pays you. If you notice when Facebook launched in 2004, there were no ads or business pages or anything. They were simply committed to creating a platform that a lot of people would want to use daily. Time goes on, many years later, advertising obviously becomes an integral part of the platform, but it's still free for the people who want to use the app for social purposes only. Why? Well, one, they don't need your money because they're getting money from people who are business owners or major corporations who understand the value in monetizing the app and leveraging the data for advertising. But two, in order to keep getting the money from said advertisers and businesses, they have to be committed to keeping the users on the platform, which means continuing to provide value to those users. How many times has Facebook made updates and changed since their original version in 2004? All All for free. Right, when I say free, I mean free to the end user. We haven't, since 2004, Facebook hasn't made us pay a dime to be on the platform. But they're committed to evolving and offering the best platform just to get us to stay so that they can go to these businesses and corporations and brands or even you and I or people who have small businesses and say, this is why you want to continue to advertise here. There's billions of users. Eight out of 10 people have a Facebook account. That is insane. Can you imagine that? There's 7 billion people in the world, right? And I have to reconfirm if this stat is true. But just think about your immediate circle. I'm pretty sure 8 out of 10 people have Facebook, right? And so as long as they can keep those numbers, they know they can always get people to want to advertise on their platform. So now I want to keep it real with you guys. Here's the litmus test to know if you're ready to be in business. We just talked about these major companies who are basically giving their whole entire platform away for free. If you feel like you can't give stuff away for free and still build a business, your product or service is not as good as you think it is. 
If you can't even give it away, what makes you think that anyone would buy it? That sounds harsh, but it's true. Think about that. If you're selling something, right, you have a product or service, and of course nobody knows who you are yet, so you say, hey, I got some free samples. If people look at it, or they smell it, or they touch it, or whatever it is that you sell, and they don't even want it for free, what in the world makes you think that you could sell it to somebody, right? That's the first thing. That is the litmus test to let you know not only if you're ready to be in business, but if what you're selling is good enough. Or maybe you're worried or thinking, if I give it away for free, then they won't have a reason to come back and buy it from me. But again, if that's true, your product or service is not as good as you think it is. Your product or service should be so good that you know once someone gets a sample, they're gonna wanna come back for the whole thing. It's why grocery stores give away free samples. Sure, you have some people that, you know, who are always just there for the free stuff. You know, I've been that person many times. You know, go to the mall food court, you know, acting like I'm really interested in, in, in buying, you know, the full entree and I know I'm not. I stand there for a few seconds and I move on, right? Or download the free trial just to get the free trial and put the reminder on my calendar to cancel it. Yeah, we've all been that person at one point. Zero intentions of buying the product, just trying to get the free samples. But again, remember, it's just a numbers game, right? If your product is that good, everybody is not gonna just want the free sample or the free trial. At some point, there's gonna be people who say, man, this is popping, this is good, this is great. I want more, I want this on an ongoing basis, right? And if your business is good enough, that will be you. The key is making your product or service good enough and also making sure you're reaching the right people because someone is gonna want your stuff. That's why you have to put yourself and your business in the position to impact as many people as possible so it really just becomes a numbers game. If I get to a point where I'm providing so much value that I've got tens of thousands of free users or subscribers or followers or listeners, etc., if and when I try to sell something, I don't need everybody to buy. Giving away quality free stuff is actually a marketing strategy. It gives you permission to market to them in the future. Not to mention people inherently don't like to feel like they owe you something. So when you constantly provide something to someone that they actually are able to derive real value from, they almost feel guilty. I mean, that's if they're a decent human being. You know, some people will use you forever for free. But for most people, they'll feel guilty for not doing anything um, for you in return. So if and when you do decide to try to sell them something, They'll jump at the chance to buy because of all the value you've given them for free. And what they don't realize is that they have given you something worth more than money. Their attention. In a world full of distractions, at every single corner, everywhere we turn, everywhere we look, there's so many apps and technology buying for our attention at all times. So if you are able to consistently get someone to, air quotes, tune in to what you got going on, you win. Let me give you just one example of what opened my eyes to all of this just a few years ago. So there's this lady on IG who I stumbled across um, and she was doing a paid fitness challenge. As you know, I recently launched the Slim Waist Fat Wallet Challenge um, you know, three weeks ago. It's actually currently happening. Um, we got two weeks left. So I noticed that she uh, was giving away $10,000 in cash prizes to the winner. First I thought, hmm, is she scamming? 
Then my immediate next thought was, if this is legit, how is she making any money if she's giving away 10 racks? And of course, the way my mind works, you know, tried and true entrepreneur, I started digging in and trying to figure this thing out. So what I did was I saw that, number one, she had 4 million followers. Hmm. Okay. So I immediately thought numbers game. Then I thought, well, how in the heck did she get two 4 million followers? All right. So then I dug into her profile a little bit and I saw she's always providing free tips, free workouts, free meal plans, et cetera, et cetera, right? To build up that influence, right? So immediately it clicked for me. Her challenge was $250 a person, which some people probably just willingly paid off the strength of the fact that, you know, they're gonna get a chance to transform their body and she's been providing so much free value all this time. I can only imagine what um, her paid content is like, right? And then on top of that, you got the folks who said, well, shoot, I could win several thousand dollars just to you know, get in shape. Why wouldn't I do it, right? So let's do some quick math for you, if you think this is a game. If she has 4 million followers, right, and she's able to get just half of 1% of her following to do the challenge every time she launches it, that's $5 million per challenge, okay? 1% of $4 million, excuse me, 1% of 4 million people is 40,000 people. Cut that in half, that's 20,000 people. Multiply that by the cost of her challenge at 250 a person, five million bucks. And that's not even counting the people she can reach if she does paid advertising. But the key is, you first have to create something of value for free to ever get to that point. She had to get enough people to show up before this could become a reality. She got them to show up by providing free value. Now, let me underscore this by saying, you absolutely do not need 4 million followers to make this happen. You don't need 400,000. You don't need 40,000, okay? All you need is to provide value and get people to show up consistently. Naturally, the more numbers that you have, the more you can scale it, right? But this is crazy. Like this is no longer just Instagram or Facebook or uh, Snapchat. People are making real money using these platforms by providing value and getting people to show up. So whether it's an ebook or a free masterclass or a free trial to your product or service or simply hopping on social media daily or weekly and providing some valuable tips, whatever, you have to earn the right to market to people in the future for something that isn't free. And you earn that right by providing free value first. Facebook, Instagram, Google, etc. They earned the right to allow themselves to market to us because they provided us a valuable free service that we can't live without. They earned that right. But I'll underscore all of that by saying you can give away free stuff all day long, but if you haven't gotten results for the thing that you're providing free value for, it doesn't matter. Prove that your product or service is good or that you simply know what you're talking about. You can't say that you're a brand coach and you help people build up their influence and you have 74 followers. Everybody's gonna show me state. You can't say you're a, a successful business coach that helps people go from uh, zero to six figures and you haven't made six figures yourself. <laughs> and I'm not saying you have to have the exact results you know, yourself for the thing that you're trying to market. I'm not saying it's impossible. 
right? But what I am saying is you better be able to provide proof of clients and other people you've helped pretty quickly. But I bet it would be a hell of a lot easier to get those clients and customers if you can prove that it worked for you. Everybody's from the show me state. Sure, I have some clients who have more wealth than me, right? Traditionally in this industry, you're helping people who are at the sunset of their career and I'm 31 years old, right? So of course, I have some clients that have more wealth than me, right? And that doesn't necessarily negate my value or my skill set. So I'm not saying you can't serve people if you don't have what they have or what you're trying to market, right? But I do have a proven skill set that has worked for other people. And I also practice what I preach. So at the level that, I, that I'm at, respected to where I should be, I can show results. I can show that my student loans have been paid off. I can show that I have my emergency fund fully funded. I can show that I have money invested in the market, right? So relative to where I should be, I can prove that. So, so, so for everybody that I serve that is in my demographic, right? I can stand toe to toe and say, hey, look, I deserve the right to work with you in this capacity because I've gotten results myself. That's the easiest way, right? When you try to um, sell somebody something that you haven't even done yet just because it's a good idea or you maybe you've got, you know, gone out and gotten some kind of certification, I'm not saying that you can't win their business, but it will be more challenging. So again, to summarize that, prove that what you're doing works. Either show the results of your clients or people that you've helped or prove the results on yourself or prove that people like what you're selling if it's a physical product. Have some testimonials. Ooh, this shirt feels super soft or whatever it is that you're selling. But you've got to prove that you're worthy of someone else's business. And lastly, on this particular topic, if you feel like you don't have enough information or enough value to give away without being able to still have something to sell or tapping into your paid level offering, if that's the case, you still may not be ready to be in business. It means you haven't reached a certain level of mastery within your industry to be able to provide a free aspect of your service and still have endless value to give away or sell. And that's a problem. So instead of trying to monetize everything you do so early, what you need to do is focus on getting more value, becoming more skilled so that you don't, you're not in fear of running out. You may be asking, okay, well, how in the heck can I give away so much stuff and still have enough valuable stuff to sell? All right, here's a few things. You have to be committed to a lifelong journey of learning. Never get too comfortable with what you think you know. Giving away free stuff actually is a secret to force you to grow and get better so you can always have more value to give, which inherently will make you stand out in the marketplace anyway. So it's a selfish act when you think about it. Most people, even after knowing all the information, still need additional support and accountability. If you went to college on day one and they told you everything you needed to know on the first day, do you think you would have fully grasped all the concepts for everything that you needed to know? No, you're still gonna need ongoing learning and support. You can't grasp all that information in one sitting. Same logic applies here. So you can overwhelm people with a great amount of free value. It doesn't mean that they're not going to need your ongoing support to make sure that they actually implement it for your paid offer. Three, you can show people the what and the why and make them pay for the how. What? Facebook just changed their algorithm. Why is that important? Because you can no longer do X, Y, and Z to organically reach your audience. If you want to learn how to overcome 
um, these issues, sign up for my program. Now this one works, but I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of it because it still feels like you're withholding something versus if you just, you know, tell them how to do it, but you know that without that ongoing accountability, they're probably not going to implement it, you know, and that's what you're kind of pitching them to, right? Hey, look, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. But if you know yourself and you know that you need somebody to walk you through the technical steps of it, sign up for my paid training, right? Because you got to realize it took you a while to grasp it. And so if a person wants to expedite their learning curve, you know, them just getting that information may or may not be enough. They might need somebody to help might need somebody to help them walk through the technical nuances of it. So never uh, negate that reality as well. Let, let, me, let me underscore this. Let me reiterate that, that I'm not saying this is a one-size-fits-all strategy. You can certainly do paid advertising if you have a really good product or service and get in front of the people who want what you have, period. You don't have to uh, focus on content creation or building a brand or building influence or none of that, right? You can just sell a product that has proven results or that you know is good do paid advertising, get in front of the right people, and you can win. However, what I will say is that we are in a very noisy marketplace. And what I mean by noisy is that the internet is great because anyone can create a business and have a voice online. The internet is terrible because anyone can create a business and have a voice online. So it's easier than ever to get your product or service out there, but it's also extremely crowded and noisy. So how are you going to position yourself to stand out amongst the noise? in a world where we are getting advertised every second of every day between emails and uh, paid ads and sponsored posts. Like we're getting inundated with this stuff to the point where people are getting sensitized to it and they're not even checking to see if there is any real value there. They're just scrolling past it, deleting the emails, et cetera, because they're just you know so overwhelmed with all the advertising. And, and to some degree, it can become ineffective. How do you stand out amongst that if that's your route? This also means that if you go the paid advertising route and you're not doing it and building things organically, that you have to be super aware of how these free platforms are always changing the way you can use them to reach your audience. Have you ever heard people complain about Facebook changing their algorithm or Instagram not using uh, chronological feeds, etc.? They're complaining because it's hurting their ability to monetize their business or reach people who they previously were able to reach for free. But guess what? Facebook is a business too. So they do that to force people to spend money on advertising to get in front of your ideal customers. So now, not only do you have to worry about trying to have the best business product or service, you also have to become a master at keeping up with the algorithms of Facebook and Instagram and Google to ensure that you always can reach the right people. If you're cool with that, that's fine. There's no one size fits all approach to anything. I think having a healthy understanding of all of it is important because it's not an either or game. As a quick tangent, what's funny is you see people who make a whole business um, on how to use Facebook ads, which is cool, right? We just talked about that a second ago, but it just goes to show you that learning how to keep up with that stuff is a business all on its own. Here's what I, here's what I personally think the perfect balance is for all this stuff. Build a really good product or service, number one, first and foremost. Two. Prove that it's really good and that it works by getting those results for yourself and having others try your product or service so they can give you that real-time feedback. So if it's a physical product, the only way to prove that it's quality is to have someone else touch it and feel it, so you gotta give some away. If it's a service, 
you can prove that it's good by testing it on yourself, right? If it's something that is applicable to you. Um, or you can give a free trial to that service to have other people try it out. For example, I have, I have a really good friend who created a, a program to help people boost their credit score, which I'm actually about to start promoting on his behalf. Um, and, but he created that program after he proved that it worked on himself and he boosted his score 247 points. Even within his program, he first offers a valuable and free tool that people can use, right, to prove that he knows what he's talking about. And they're like, oh shoot, this free thing worked. I better buy what he's actually offering. And that's how he was able to build his platform. So even though he's using paid advertising, he understood that these people don't know who I am. Let me offer something for free. Let me prove that it works beyond me just telling them. They could see that it works and then they went for the upsell. So again, I'm not saying it's a one size fits all thing. He absolutely uses paid advertising and it works like a charm, but why? Back to number one, he created a really good product or service. Three, create content that attracts more people to try your product or service either for free or to buy it because you've proven how it works for others, right? So even though you've gotten some folks to try it for free, even though you've proven that it works, now you wanna create content so that you can get more people to try it, right? Because originally it might've just been a test group of people. Now you want more and more people to try that free offering or that free service or that um, free trial or whatever it is so that you can get more results. Use the validation that the product or service works for others so you can now have an actual business that's scalable. Right? Once you've proven that you know, 10, 100, 1,000 or so people have had success using your service or product or really enjoy it and that it's quality, now you can actually build a business that's scalable. Then from there, then I think it makes sense to use paid advertising to target people you know your product or service will work for because now you can use the analytics you've acquired from actual real people to scale your business. Those are the five ways or the five steps that I think you should integrate a little bit of both of this stuff between the organic influence and also paid advertising and things of that nature. Now, the reason why I personally prefer to build the brand first instead of becoming a Facebook ad ninja is because to me, branding really means two things, lifestyle and predictability. Lifestyle in the sense that people will pay more for a product or service simply because the person or company has found a way to resonate with how I want to view myself when I associate myself with that product or service. People will pay $500 for a Gucci t-shirt because of the lifestyle they believe is associated with what that brand represents. You might be able to find that same t-shirt of the similar quality for 20 bucks. But people don't care. That is the power in branding. Now, if you're not trying to build something where you can charge somebody you know, more money for something that they can find elsewhere, then maybe building a brand isn't important, right? Maybe you're just trying to get enough of the product in front of enough people to sell as much of your gadget or trinket that you can. The other piece is predictability. People like brands because they know what to expect. It doesn't even necessarily have to deal with how good the product or service is. For example, McDonald's is terrible. So I just gave a Gucci example. Let's give the, the inverse or the opposite. McDonald's is trash. There are thousands of other restaurants and burger spots that are way better than McDonald's. But people still go because whether you're down the street from your house or out of the country, you know what you're gonna get. And people love predictability, especially when you're hungry. 
So when you have a true brand, it doesn't matter if you know the rules to Facebook ads and the algorithms because people will find you. How many commercials do you see for Gucci or Bentley? Not many, if any. They are out there somewhere, suddenly reaching the people who can actually afford what they have to offer. But even if you can't, you still know they exist and what the level of their brand represents. They don't have to inundate you with ads because the brand speaks for itself. Do you think Gucci is worried about Facebook changing their algorithm? I think not. Have you ever been to a restaurant that does no advertising? It maybe is you know, on the not so great side of town, but it's always packed. Why? Because first and foremost, they have a good product. And I hate to keep driving this home, but you gotta get that. You need to prove that your product or service is great, period. So even in a world where advertising is getting shoved down our neck, you can still win. If nothing else, you have a really good product or you're really good at what you do. Is that a scalable business model? Maybe not. But not everyone is trying to be the next Facebook. They just want to have a business that allows them to do what they love and serve the people that they care about. This is how you get to a level of brand loyalty versus having repeat customers. Okay? A repeat customer or client can simply be a result of circumstance or convenience. The store is closer to your house, so I might go there rather than going to the store that might be better, but it's across town. Or a store is offering a rebate or a saving or a special offer, so I'm going to go there, not necessarily because it's the better store, but because there's a discount. But then you always become a slave to trying to figure out what your next discount is because that's the only reason that they're coming. Unless you're using that just to get them in the door and then you know they'll realize that you have a really good product or service, then that just becomes a gimmick. So you see the recurring theme here? Build a quality service, build a quality product, build a brand around that, and then price really doesn't even matter at that point. As long as you can pr prove you're providing more value than what they're paying for. Brand loyalty, however, will make a person give up better deals and opportunities as a result of their commitment to the particular brand. Just like a loyal friend may give up on an opportunity to do something that may be more advantageous for themselves in order to support you. Loyalty is much better and more sustainable than a repeat customer. If a repeat customer moves across town, he would just find another store. A loyal customer would make the drive back across town because they are committed to that store, that brand, and on top of that, they probably won't even mind paying more. I actually used to have a barber um, who was often late. Uh, he moved his shop 45 minutes away from my house um, when it was a lot closer before. Um, so sometimes if I got stuck in traffic, it would take me an hour to get there. So you figure, if you factor in me going to the shop, going home, actually getting the, hair actually getting the haircut, that was a, a three-hour undertaking. But I did it because I was loyal to him. And he was really good at what he did. Again, quality matters. His service wasn't the best, but his actual skill set of cutting my hair was. There's actually this ongoing joke that dudes are more loyal to their barbers than they are their girlfriends. I don't believe it's true, but I did hear the joke somewhere. But I digress. Eventually, you know, that did become too much. And, you know, I, I couldn't make that drive across town and my time begin to be more valuable. But, you know, I did that for seven years out of just loyalty, right? Imagine if his customer service was on point. I probably would still be doing it in lieu of, uh, of it being a big time commitment, you know? But 
customer service wasn't that great. Uh, he was often late. And, um, you know, because he had a lot going on. I still love the guy to this day. He had a lot going on. He had another job that he was doing. And, uh, you know, because of that, you know, I just decided to uh, part ways. But, you know, I did that for seven years. You know, when a customer is loyal to you, they will also give you grace when things don't go according to plan as they won't at times. Times won't always be good. And that is when loyalty matters. So there's these intrinsic qualities um, around building a brand that's important, right? It transcends, you know, just your price being cheaper or the store being closer. So building a brand is important. And you know, the beauty in all of this is that when you focus on brand or building your influence through helping a lot of people, once you reach a certain level, when it comes to your influence or your brand, then it becomes social proof that people should buy into what you're selling simply because of the level of influence that your brand has reached, right? You ever seen somebody like who has 100,000 followers on IG? Unless of course it's like an IG model claiming that the, you know the flat tummy tee and squats gave her the body that she has and she obviously has surgery. But anyway, what happens when you see the amount of people that are tuned into a person that has like 100,000 followers, right? You automatically assume that, man, maybe there's something that's here that I'm missing out on because 100,000 people can't have gotten it wrong. So now, just out of sheer perceived influence, it's helping your business grow easier. Understand that Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, these are all just channels. The question becomes, how do you want to position yourself on these channels to get the most out of the people that are tuned in? Then that gives you the ability to go to a business or a corporation, or they can come to you, right? You can validate why they need to sponsor a post or why they need to give you something to market or, you know, pay for you to reach their audience, right? Because you actually have them. The key is never compromise your integrity of your brand um, just for a quick buck, right? Don't promote anything that you don't believe in. Don't exploit the trust that you built with your audience because, you know, that's the only reason that brands are working with you in the first place. They know that your audience will believe what you say. They're not necessarily going to believe what they say. So never compromise the integrity of what you do decide to promote if you do start to solidify these relationships because that trust that you built is the only reason why they need to use you in the first place. So let's take this podcast, for instance. I never actively ask anyone to go out and buy, um, you know, my ebook or sign up for my services. Um, it's rare that I ever even talk about what I offer. It takes a lot of time to edit this podcast and put it all together and think of relevant topics like this. And I'm charging absolutely nothing for it. Why? Because my hope, or I should say my plan, is that over time, I'll continue to provide so much value that I get hundreds of thousands of listeners, ask nothing from them but their time mostly, and some company or business will ask me can they promote their product or service on my podcast. Then you'll start to hear me do commercials on the podcast for products or services that I believe in, right, because you don't want to compromise the integrity of your brand, that I can share with you all for free, and then they pay me, and that's the game. It's not new. This is not a new game. TV, radio, and all you know, and all these other outlets, it's not new, right? This game has been around forever. Like on TV and radio, now just the channels have changed, right? Companies pay athletes and entertainers, you know, millions of dollars to endorse their product. They've been doing it for years. Now it's just shifting where it's happening. So from TVs and celebrities to social media and influencers. 
Now you don't have to be an NBA player or a singer to get the same opportunity. Building up my, my audience for free and not asking you guys for anything will also give me the leverage at some point that if I do want to sell something to you guys on this here podcast or anything else that I do, you'd be more inclined to support because of the value I provided over the months or years. It's like what I mentioned earlier, and I'll have more people to offer it to anyway, so why wouldn't I selfishly try to build up my audience and influence before I start asking people to buy things? I'm not telling you to stop everything you're doing and blog all day or shoot videos and podcasts. I'm actually asking you to do the opposite. Get crystal clear on the value you bring to the marketplace and find ways to bring even more of it. Use the content to share that value with everyone for free. You have to begin to think about how can you serve your audience better than you are right now. Listen, the internet is big and vast. Gone are the days that just because you have a good product for sale, people will come and buy. Build it and they will come. No. Okay? Not quite. Now, because we have access to compare your business to another business all over the world, what's going to, what's going to make them choose you? Right? It's your brand. It's the value you bring that they don't have to pay for. Selfishly, when you create high quality content, it also becomes your new FAQ library. So instead of having to rewrite that long email every time a customer asks you a question or have those introductory conversations explaining how your product or service works, you can simply point into a video or a blog post or a podcast just like this, which now saves you a lot of time because you already put that out into the world. So if nothing else, create high quality content that can save you time and energy. How many of us have recreated super long emails or had super long conversations about stuff that we've already talked about simply because we didn't have a template or a duplicatable way to um, articulate what we were trying to say? So for if nothing else, do it for that reason. Earlier, uh, we talked about, you know, how do you stand out in a, in a noisy marketplace? And if you haven't quite understood how that is, I want to sum it up in three very short words. Quality always wins. I want to leave you with these last few thoughts. Stop thinking that using your gifts and sharing it with the world won't lead to you living a life that you want to live. Most of us used to think that being paid for what we love was reserved for the entertainers, actors, and athletes of the world. But let me let you in on a little secret. If you have a vision in your mind or a gift that God has blessed you with and you bring it to life, that is art. You're manifesting that which once was only in your mind now into the world and that makes you an artist. And you don't have to get discovered busting on the subway or street corner or be really good at a sport. You have the internet. <laughs> so whether you're a really good cook and you want to share that passion with others without feeling like you have to create a catering service, or if you're a fitness enthusiast or a fashion lover, share your passion and gifts with the world and see what happens. Make no mistake about it. It's like I said several times before, you have to be really good. Sharing doesn't equal success. It's a noisy marketplace. People share stuff all the time, but they're just not good enough to stand out. Right? You got to be really good. I don't want, I don't want to sell you a dream here. But if you think you're really good or you think you have the ability to become really good at something you're passionate about,
do that and share it and watch what happens. But if you believe you got it, go for it. You know, even if you do this and you don't make money, there's no guarantee that you will. I can promise you 100% that if you don't go for it, you won't make anything. So what do you have to lose? There's this quote that I came up with, or statement I should say, that I look at every day now to remind me of what I need to do to position myself where I want to be long term. And here it is. You will never help the people you want to help and change the world if they don't know you exist. They won't know you exist if you don't get their attention. You won't get their attention unless you produce quality and valuable content. You won't keep their attention unless that content is quality, valuable, and consistent over a long period of time. If you're consistent over a long period of time, you will build credibility. With credibility comes trust. With trust comes influence. With influence, you can change the world. Produce every day. Thank you for bearing with me, folks. I know that was a longer podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I gave you as much value as possible. Thank you for bearing with me um, on this podcast. I know it was a longer one. If you think this information can be beneficial for anybody you know, uh, please do me a favor. First and foremost, leave a review, right? Let, let people know what you think about it, right? Because again, this is a free service, if you will. So if people know that it's valuable, maybe they'll tune in. Um, two, you know, share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook. Um, you know, send it in a text message, right? Whatever you can do to spread the word, I, I sincerely appreciate it. That is my ask for providing this uh, free uh, value. And I thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Action Palm, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.